If your business is tired of paying unpredictable and high phone bills, do what I did. Switch to Zoom Calls Cloud Business Phone Service. You'll pay the same low amount every month, no matter how many calls you have in the U.S. and Canada. And Zoom Calls has a really cool feature called voicemail drops. Whenever you reach someone's voicemail, just say hi in their name and then click a couple of buttons on your phone to leave your pre-recorded message. It saves both your voice and your time. Check out zoomcalls.com. That's zoomcalls.com. I think you'll love it. Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. Folks, they are melting down all around us. Leading us, well, leading in that charge, I guess, is the the media. Democrat Party not far behind. We'll talk about that this morning. We'll talk about Jennifer Rubin, the, well, you could say the token conservative. Supposedly, she was conservative. That Well, they, she claimed to be conservative. Op-ed writer at the Washington Post. She since uh, back about, uh, I, I saw mid-September, took down uh, her bio, changed her bio on Twitter and eliminated the word conservative, which seems like a good thing to do. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about this CBS reporter who felt who felt safer reporting in North Korea than he did than he does uh, reporting from and covering the White House? Just think about the utter stupidity of that statement. A place, a place where they imprison people for not agreeing with the benevolent dictator there, Kim Jong Un. So we'll talk about that, and we'll get into other things as well. Amy Coney. Barrett's hearing has been confirmed and will begin next week. Next Monday is when it's slated to begin. And of course, you may have noticed we have an election, which I believe, I believe today is the first day. I didn't confirm this this morning. Maybe Oz can confirm this, but I'm almost certain today is the first day you can vote here in my state of Indiana, the Hoosier State. So lots of stuff to discuss. Election day is four days away. Welcome, by the way, to the program. I am your conservative, not bitter host, Todd Huff. We'll be navigating these and other issues uh, of the day, and we'll be doing so in a conservative, not bitter way, which, again, I'm still waiting for, eagerly waiting for, the alternative, the, say, liberal version of liberal, not bitter. I'm concerned, or I'm convinced beyond a shadow of a doubt, I should say, that there is absolutely nothing close to this in the world of liberalism. It is screaming. It is emotion. It is pandemonium. It is deceit. All things that this program is clearly not. So we welcome you here this morning. Email Todd at ToddHuffShow.com, Facebook.com slash ToddHuffShow. Should you want to watch the program live or on demand, you should be able to see. Although it looks like my feed is... 
what I'm seeing on my monitor shows a frozen screen at Facebook, but we're streaming there. It shows me that we're streaming there. We're also on YouTube and Periscope as well. But let's start here. Jennifer Rubin. Again, she's the, um, you know, the Washington Post needs a conservative, a conservative name to put onto their, um, to put onto their, you know, list of writers at the Washington, at the Washington Post. So she's the token conservative, although now she's not even claiming that on Twitter. But nonetheless, Jennifer Rubin sends out a series of tweets yesterday. This was, of course, after President Trump tweeted at 6.30 p.m. that he was leaving the great Walter Reed Medical Center. He was feeling really good. And of course, he said, don't be afraid of COVID, which we can talk and talk about that as well. <clears throat> His tweet continues by saying, don't let it dominate your life. We have developed under the Trump administration some really great drugs and knowledge. I feel better than I did 20 years ago, exclamation point. Of course, this sends this is this is the trigger tweet. This is a tweet that that is um, completely predictable as far as what it does, the the action that it causes. It's, it's a tr- tweet that triggers the media, and it did that. It did that. In fact, Jennifer Rubin, um, Jennifer Rubin was triggered. Actually, no, I miss. She she tweeted, she tweeted before Trump's tweet. She knew that the the um she had, you know of course we talked yesterday about Trump leaving. It looked like he was leaving yesterday. And um, she knew that, so she tweeted actually before tweets. So the the second tweet just sent her in, sent her into utter despair mode. But she knew, as a well, someone in the media, someone in the know, that Trump was going to be released. And so yesterday afternoon, she tweeted out here. <clears throat> she tweeted out any MD medical doctor those um, who publicly endorse this insanity needs to lose his or her license. Period. So. I guess anyone who believes that Trump could go home. I guess if you have COVID in the world of Jennifer Rubin, Jennifer Vote Early Rubin, as she puts on her Twitter handle here, I guess she believes that you, if you have COVID, you need to be forced into, I guess, a medical facility and locked down and not allowed to go anywhere. You need to be – you don't have that, that choice to, I guess, to even stay at your home and even self-quarantine there. You have to, um, I guess, report to where Jennifer Rubin believes you should report. And if any medical doctor – I guess that's what I'm to take of this. All Trump was doing was going home. She doesn't want the guy going home. Why doesn't she want him going home? Because he has COVID. Remember, this was 15 days to flatten the curve, and now that you can't go home, you cannot go home if you have COVID, period. And if a doctor thinks that, he or she needs to lose his or her medical license. Isn't that cute? So that's what she treated. Not to be outdone, she continues 12 minutes later, maybe after she – well, I shouldn't say that. She, She continues here 12 minutes later probably at least after another mini meltdown. 
screaming at the television or her Twitter feed or something. She says Congress might want to defund Walter Reed. Folks, oh, she, the other sentence in this tweet says it is a public health hazard. Public health hazard, watch uh, Walter Reed. Walter Reed is best known for being the place, the facility, where our brave military personnel who have experienced, um, you know, whatever battlefield injuries they may have sustained, this is where they all, many of them go for, for treatment. And she is now apparently at least calling for Congress to think about defunding Walter Reed because they told President Trump he could go home. I guess, I guess a 74 year old man, obese man with COVID, she tweets, this is the last one, who might have lung, lung damage <clears throat> and a pattern of disregarding medical advice is returned to an environment where he may infect others. What planet does Conley, that's President Trump's personal physician, inhabit? Where is the rest of Walter Reed, the VP? They are remarkable cowards. This is what she tweets. This is what she tweeted yesterday. <clears throat> so she's contemplating a call to defund Walter Reed. She is basically saying any doctor who believes that President Trump should be allowed to go home from the hospital, where I might add he voluntarily went. May I also point out he's the president of, of the United States, the president of the United States. You know, I listen. I, I, have, I have a friend who has a loved one in the hospital right now, and he was explaining to me the visitation schedule recently. And I'm going to tell you, it is, it is sad to me to hear some of this stuff. This particular individual has a loved one in the hospital, and you're allowed to visit. So they allow the person to be visited one hour, one time a day by one person. So there's two windows, as I understand it, of time where you can go and visit. One is in the morning, I believe, and then one is in the afternoon. But you can only be there for one of those hours. This is the stated policy. In fact, whenever you print your or fill out your ID badge or whatever, whenever it's printed, there's a time stamp or you write the time or some such thing. That there's Somehow the, the nursing staff can look at you somewhere on that badge, as I understand it, and see that you have um, you know, what, what time you arrived. So they can look there and they can say, you've got three minutes until you have to get out of here. And so this particular individual is I'm dealing, you know, is, is visiting a loved one who has had a, you know, a serious medical condition. No one has, no one has COVID. And, but that's the, the, the stated reason for this is to protect against the spread of COVID. I, I've since, I have for a while now, um, we have a, an elderly family friend that, had a COVID scare back several months ago as well. And I just, you know, you, you listen to some of these stories, you, you, you hear some of the things that have happened. <clears throat> you, you, you hear some of the, the horror stories of people that we've let in this country, hospitals have let effectively die alone. And I understand, I know that this is, this is complicated. I, I understand all that. 
But, I mean, Jennifer Rubin basically appears to be calling for more of this. In fact, if they're not ready to take the heavy-handed position that of, of taking away a doctor's license for saying someone can go home, she thinks they should lose their license, period. I'll say this. If there was a conservative license, she would have forfeited that a long time ago. <laughs> there is not, by the way. Although you can get your conservative, not bitter official membership card, we would have revoked it. <laughs> we, we would have revoked her membership card had she done something like this. Had she done something like this as a member of the conservative, not bitter party. Of course, she's very bitter and not very conservative. So I don't know which what she would even call it. Liberal, not bitter. There we go. We end up right where we started. The alternative to conservative, not bitter is actually in the world of, of liberalism, modern, you know, radical, just you know, media driven, liberal, not bitter. That is what the political alternative is. And we see it on display here. She's not a conservative. I don't know if I'm gonna call her a liberal. She's a she's a Trump hater. She's blinded by by rage. And this is just one example. This is, and this is from one who would consider herself or call herself, at least at one point, a conservative. This is the best the media can find. The media has no idea. The media can't find. They've, in their minds, they have scoured the planet. They've looked high and low for someone to represent conservatism. They can't find any. The only person they can find is someone like Jennifer Rubin, who turns out to be liberal, not bitter. Excuse me, liberal and bitter, not conservative not better and this is the best again that they can find because in their minds folks conservatives if they want someone who's smart enough to write for the washington post that eliminates (laughs) that eliminates conservatives uh, that you and i know because we're not we're not smart enough We, we don't understand the complexities of the world we don't understand why it's necessary for government to take these massive actions to look out for our best interest, to solve our problems, to take more money from the wealthy, to make promises like Joe Biden does to cure cancer and to cure diabetes and to cure Alzheimer's. Biden's going to do that day one, I think, day one, and probably add COVID to that. He'll he'll, he'll cure COVID along with diabetes, along with uh, Alzheimer's, along with cancer, day number one. Boom. What's next? What's next? Uh, Let's see. Uh, World peace, day two. Boom. Biden will probably even maybe get a Nobel Peace Prize. By the way, Trump did not, uh, Trump got three nominations, did not get the Nobel Peace Prize. I would have loved it if Trump got the Nobel Peace Prize. Talk about meltdown mode. The left would have completely lost it. The media would have completely melted down even further. But I was thinking about this, and I told a friend, I got to take a break here. <clears throat> but I was thinking about this the other day, and I really do believe, now it's a close call, but I believe, I really believe that the media, I'm pausing because it is a close call. I think the media is more dangerous than the radical left. Now, let me explain. I don't mean to imply that one. There's a reason to this, to what I'm, what I'm saying here, and I want to maybe share that after the break. And we'll also talk about this CBS guy who's was more afraid to be at the White House covering, you know, COVID than he was to be in North Korea, <laughs> which is utterly just ridiculous. 
Anyway, that being said, quick timeout is in order. You're listening here to the home of conservative. Excuse me, not better talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff. Back in just a minute. All right. For those of you watching on Facebook, I just double and triple and quadruple checked. It appears that you can now see me moving instead of a frozen frame. I'm not sure what that was about. Just reconnected the camera during the break, and voila. It appears to be that we are moving in said frame again instead of being frozen in time. Facebook might not have liked something I said, although they didn't take the audio. They just took the, the movement. Uh, the, the video component. Anyway, so before the break, I had said that I think, and I want to be, you know, anytime that you communicate, there's a, you know, there's a, there's a two-way, um, two-way communicate, two-way street here. It's it's what I say and what the the listener hears, and I want to make sure that I'm addressing any questions or thoughts you may have about the comment I made, which again is this. I believe that the bigger threat, the bigger threat uh, to America at the moment is the media more so than the radical left or the Democrat Party. Now, let me say this. The ideology is the ultimate greatest threat. So the ideology embraced by the radical left is the most dangerous thing. But but what makes the media more dangerous is that they deceive and mislead people. They lead people into false choices. You're either for Trump and you're a Nazi or you're for America and you're for Biden. That, for example, is a false choice that the media narrative tends to uh, sometimes directly state, whether it's through journalists or some op-ed Crazies like Jennifer Rubin, who poses as a as the token conservative at the Washington Post, but in fact is another lover of big government, another person who hates Trump, another person who doesn't really tell us the things that are positive that have happened in our nation since the electing of Donald Trump, since Donald Trump was elected back in 2016. Yes, I know by uttering those words, I can hear liberals throughout the fruited plains screaming at the universe right now, ah! Not my president, right? These are the sorts of things they yell. Probably at some point, I'm sure some court will determine that I am financially responsible for their mental health, maybe needing to provide mental health services, maybe uh, providing crayons and coloring books to help them cope, maybe even provide a service dog, adult Play-Doh, like they used back in 2016. And candidly, I hope I hope they they put their big boy and big girl pants on for 2020. But if my choice is to have a President Donald J. Trump reelected president or liberals screaming at the universe once again using Play-Doh, then I say let's invest in as much Play-Doh as we can. So, um, but I think the larger threat, the, the, the more... The more imminent threat is the media because I'll tell you this. I believe that most people, they're not – people might push the button, pull the lever, punch the chad, whatever, for 
for Biden who are not radical leftists. That That is certainly going to happen. Now, radical leftists are going to, well, we think they might not because they might still be mad at Biden for the way that Democrats have handled Bernie Sanders yet again in 2020 as they did in 2016. They did not want this guy to be their nominee, and they put every safeguard and precaution into place to prevent that from being from being the case in both 2016 and in 2020. And so the Democrats are not happy about that. They're also, you know, because Biden is uh, a bit of a, what I want to say, um, chameleon of sorts. He doesn't really want to show his true colors. He wants to blend in with what he thinks is popular for who he's speaking with at the moment. By the way, did you see Biden? Maybe I'll play this sound bite. Biden said the reason he was able to stay home during COVID is because black women stocked his grocery store shelves. He actually said that. Well, maybe I'll try to play that next segment. But anyway, so yes, there's problems, obviously, with the candidates. The candidates are chameleons. But what allows, what allows candidates to be chameleons? It is a complicit media. You know, the founders were brilliant when they established our Constitution, when they talked about the First Amendment, the freedom of the press. They understood that in order for a constitutional republic, which this may be a newsflash of some uh, recovering liberal tuned in this morning, but this is a constitutional republic. It is not a pure democracy. There are certainly, certainly democratic aspects to this. Our voice matters, but we live in a constitutional republic. We do not live in a pure democracy. The left wants you to think that. They want you to think that if a majority of people, 50% plus one person, can tell the rest of us how to live, how much money we can keep, what we can do with our free time, what we can say, what we can believe, who we can support, what we can watch, what we can wear, whether or not someone holds us hostage at a hospital, as Jennifer Rubin believes. They want us... Um, the, the the founders. Well, that's that's what the left wants you to believe that we live in this democracy. But the founders, the founders understand that we certainly play a role, right? We certainly play a role. In fact, Franklin told uh, the woman outside in Philadelphia that we have a republic as long as we can keep it. We have a a very intimate role in keeping this, but we don't have a pure democracy. We have a constitutional representative republic and the biggest threat to that republic and the founders understood this is well the consolidation of power and then no one really knowing what's going on so consolidation of power bad consolidation of power behind closed doors even worse so if there's a consolidate, basically if there's a consolidate, the founders assumed that people would be trying to consolidate power. The founders understood. That's why they put safeguards in the Constitution. That's why we have three branches of government. That's why we have a lot of the things that we have built within our system today. And the founders understood the nature of man and power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely. The founders completely understood this. And so they also believed that the biggest threat to people you know trying to get away with things that um, would upset free people is to expose it to the light of day the light of truth which is supposed to be 
carried by the media. The media is just supposed to shine a light on what's going on. They're not supposed to have an agenda. They're not supposed to have a narrative. They're not supposed to have a, quote, dog in the fight. They're simply supposed to, as they used to say, they still say it, but they don't do it. Hold truth to power. Just show us what's going on. Tell us. Don't tell us what to make of it. Don't act like it's a bigger deal when the Republicans do it than when the Democrats do it. Don't ignore it when the Democrats do it and make it up when the Republicans do it. All that sort of stuff. Don't act like Trump is a Nazi dictator when that's absolutely clearly not the case. But yet this is what many have allowed these folks to get away with. And it's as though there's no filter or there's no critical you know critical lens in through which people look at the the media but the media i think is more dangerous because they they're supposed to be and some people still believe that they are um a group that's simply trying to tell us what's going on and that is not practically the case they're a group that's designed to be effectively effectively the pr firm the campaign of the Democrat Party. And how on earth is that a good thing? By the way, I don't want them to be the campaign arm or the PR firm for the Republican Party either. I just want them to report what's true. I don't want them to have an agenda. Now, I understand that that is so far from reality, but we have to hold the media accountable. And we have to and we have to demand that they tell us information instead of simply trying to lead us down the narrative that takes us where they want us to go. And that's what we've got. And that's really, I mean, back to this Jennifer Rubin thing. That's what, um, that's what she's, her narrative is don't vote for Trump. And if anybody does anything that, you know, basically allows this guy to try to get one vote, she's against it. She wants him locked. She wants him locked in Walter Reed like Joe Biden locked himself in his own basement. Or the Joe Biden campaign did. And Oz is telling me it's time to take a break. Oz, Oz also told me she did confirm today is the first day. I thought it was for votes to be cast through early voting here in the great state of Indiana. So you can check out your, uh, your county's locations and that sort of thing. But it has officially begun here in the great state of Indiana. Quick timeout is in order. Sit tight. Be back in just a minute. Welcome back. Joe Biden, I told you before the break. Whoa, that got bumped up. Sorry about that. Mic level was way high there. Okay, so Joe Biden telling us um, the reason he was able to quarantine. Now, this, someone has laid music. I think that this was put together by Turning Point USA contributor senior contributor rob smith so this is just something that's on social media i didn't see it from his twitter account but it there's music laid behind this the music wasn't going on i know in your mind you when biden speaks you hear kind of circus or clown music in the background in the background anyway you're not imagining that this morning you're not hallucinating um 
you may you really are hearing it. It's been laid in there. It wasn't actually playing. So so two things. It wasn't actually playing during his his conversation as he has his mask on now with the microphone. No one around. This is what look Biden wearing the mask at this point is just to constantly remind people a visual reminder that Trump created this scenario. So he'll wear that thing. That's why that's why sports reporters wear them in empty stadiums when they're not. 50 yards from the team. There's no one around. They put their mask on. I guarantee you the second, the second the cameras are off. Now some of them may not do this, but certainly some of them do. You've seen you've seen CNN reporters do the same thing. CNN reporters have their masks on complaining about why no one in a certain town or city ha- doesn't wear a mask. You know, just beside themselves and then Every person that's behind the camera doesn't have a mask on. You've seen this. We, this was something that happened back over over the summer. So the music in the background wasn't actually playing at this Biden event, though it certainly could have been and arguably should have been. You're also not hallucinating and hearing the music, making it up in your mind, as your mind probably, when you listen to Biden speak, creates for itself some sort of a uh, accompanying music that... Um, you know, kind of illustrates, fits this uh, clownish campaign we've been subjected to for the past however long, uh, what, six, uh, a year now, however long he's been campaigning. You could say 47 years, I guess, in another way. But anyway, Biden actually says the reason he was able to stay home, I'm looking at it right now, and this is from Tampa, this was in Tampa back, it says September 15th. Someone, again, Turning Point USA dug in and I guess found this. But the reason he was able to stay sequestered in his home was because some black woman was able to stock the grocery shelf. This is what in the world. Here it is. Listen to the, the sound bite. Jeez, the reason I was able to stay sequestered in my home is because some black woman was able to stack the grocery shelf. Actually, he didn't even say stock. He said stack. <clears throat> Some black woman was able to stack the grocery shelf. I saw some. I think it was Dave Rubin tweeted, "You ain't black if you're if you're not stacking Joe Biden's grocery shelf." Oh my goodness, the the insanity of this. See, I was actually thinking he was the reason he was able to stay sequestered in his home for all this time was because the media allowed it. I thought his campaign prayed for it. They wanted this. I thought that's what the reason that Joe Biden was able to stay sequestered in his home. And I don't even have to tell you the race of those on his campaign team. See, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if they're black, white, Hispanic, Latino. Asian doesn't make any difference. See, I thought the reason he was sequestered was so that he didn't have to go out there and show people really what he thought. I thought that maybe the reason, actually not maybe, definitely the reason that he didn't go out there was because he didn't want to hear people to hear him say stupid stuff like this. See, folks, this is not a gaffe. A gaffe is misspeaking. A gaffe, a gaffe is even when Biden says the virus killed 210 million people. I can understand that. I know what people people say. He doesn't know how many people are in the United States. I understand that. 
But the virus, according to data, they say that the virus has killed 210,000 people. To whatever degree you believe the data, that's that's whatever. That's what's being reported. 210,000 people. He says 210 million. That's a gaffe. That's a slip of the tongue. I understand that. He's talking. He's on stage. He's got a lot of numbers. He's trying to rattle off about different things. That's While it's cl- it's clearly not in the realm of reality, that would be 65% of the American population, even north of that. Um, that's a gaffe. Saying that the only reason you were able to stay sequestered in your home during COVID was because a black woman stocked or stacked, as Biden says, your grocery shelf, that is not a gaffe. That is a stupid statement. If Trump said something like this, it would be deemed racist. I mean, this is obvious, right? Oh, Trump thinks the only people that stack grocery shelves are both – it's both racist and sexist. A black woman. It can't even be a black man. We know he's racist. Now he's picking a black a black woman. I just it's, – it's just – it's silly. It really is truly silly. This is not a gaffe. This is exposing how the guy thinks, how the, what the campaign talks about behind closed doors. Joe, you got to somehow show – uh, you know, empathy and sympathy and connection with black women. So this is what Biden comes up with, saying that the only reason he could stay home was because some black woman stacked, as he put it, or stocked his grocery shelves. I mean, it's just patently ridiculous. I just, it is, it is so pathetic, so truly pathetic to think like, I just, I just can't. I, it's so far from the world that I live in. Got to take a break. Listening to conservative, not bitter talk. I can't believe this. Back in just a minute. Welcome back. This reporter for CBS, I mentioned this earlier in the program. Actually, I just retweeted retweeted um, his initial tweet. This guy's name is Ben Tracy. And Ben actually said, this was 18 hours ago, I felt safer reporting in North Korea than I currently do reporting at the White House. This is just crazy. Of course, this was tweeted out after President Trump was allowed, allowed to go home in spite of Jennifer Rubin's desire for totalitarian regimes to be operating here in the United States of America, even regimes that can control the president of the United States, I guess. Ben Tracy says, I felt safer reporting in North Korea than I currently do reporting at the White House. This is just crazy. Then, five hours later, he says, for context, folks, this is in reference to the COVID-19 outbreak at the White House. I I have some questions for Ben and CBS. If, of course, there are multiple people at the White House who have tested positive for COVID-19, and just have a couple of questions. Number one, number one, um, are you wearing a mask? We've been told that masks save us. 
There's no concern at all, apparently, if you wear a mask. Number two, let's say you don't believe that. Let's say that you are reasonable and think that a mask might help some, but clearly it doesn't save save all, um, you know, hurt, help in all circumstances. The virus, of course, is smaller than the uh, than any piece of than anything you can actually put over your face, short of short of something that's actually airtight. Having a loose fitting mask, while it certainly could stop uh, some droplets some you know things like that it cannot stop the virus itself which is smaller than uh, the the microscopic holes on said mask so let's say that you work at cbs and you say hey cbs um you know got a problem covering the white house there's a lot of people with covid19 positive tests over there does it occur to ben and the rest of the folks at cbs or anyone else in the media that maybe Maybe you would say, hey, as a precaution or out of an abundance of caution, we're going to take the, you know, these precautions to prevent your exposure. Maybe even we don't go inside. Maybe we cover – I mean there's – with technology, there's about 5,000 things I can think of right here on the spot <laughs> that would prevent putting Ben Tracy at – at risk if in fact that's really what's going on there it just it just seems preposterous to me as though there's nothing that ben and cbs news can do about this we've had players opt out of playing um for those of you that watched the only reason i even cared about the nfl this weekend was because of the colts won it was a predictor it it predicts now that trump is going to win uh, win the presidency and that predictor is 100 percent right going back to 2004 which is the first year that the colts and bears played every uh, every game during a presidential election year so that is the only reason i cared about the nfl but there's players in the nfl who did not play the season can ben rhodes excuse me not ben rhodes ben tracy can Ben Tracy do something about that? I mean, it just seems it seems crazy to me. And to compare, to say he feels safer, literally safer, he felt safer reporting in North Korea, where journalists are in prison. I mean, where people are imprisoned and tortured and forced to believe in ideology, forced to believe in the benevolent dictator, is just plain absurd and ridiculous. The guy clearly has no idea anything about the nation that he was reporting on he has no idea he apparently buys into the smiles of kim jong-un and the cheering people behind him oh man they must really love this guy that must have been ben's perception of north korea gotta take a break along in this segment come back and wrap up sit tight back in just a minute just waning seconds here today really quickly one of the things that trump got up or got in trouble for was saying that we shouldn't fear covid people freaking out in the media about this as though we should um, look just to say you should not fearing it doesn't mean that you don't take it seriously or don't try to prevent against it or think that it can't harm you but why should we want to fear anything 
That's what the media wants. That's what the Democrat Party wants. It's the platform in which they run on. I've got to go. Thanks for listening. SDGC tomorrow. Take care.